So I want to ask you a question that will help us with our lesson today. How does it feel to be ignored? You like that, Geo? You like to be ignored? Most of us uh, hate being ignored. I know, you know, if I send an email, if I send a text, or if I leave somebody a voicemail, and I don't hear anything back from them, that, that is just terrible. I mean, I, I would rather you reply and say, that is the worst email I have ever read. Then just act like it didn't even exist, like it never even happened. And I think I learned this, especially in, uh, I played basketball in college a long time ago. And I experienced that. And you know, if you know anything about basketball or sports, and really of all kinds, you go on the, the road, you're playing an away game, and so the fans are hostile and they're you know, trying to get on you. And so they're saying, they're saying very unkind things, Steve. Have you ever had that experience or noticed that? Yeah, so they're doing that, but when I was young and just, you know, what the other older guys helped me know, you know the best way to deal with that? What will really frustrate them? It's just ignore them. Just act. And so that, uh, that sort of became a, a mantra for my life. I figured out, you know, the best way to really, you know, get somebody is to ignore them. And so let me tell you, when I came to Los Angeles, and Gio mentioned we came here 30 years ago with a mission team, and that was an experience because I grew up in rural East Tennessee. And so, you know, the whole thing, the freeway system and the whole the traffic and all that. And you guys live out here in God's country. But you don't have as much traffic. But perhaps you have traffic sometimes too. And you know, there's this thing out here that I have noticed. It's sometimes we call it road rage. <laughs> and so people, I, and it's happened to me more and more as I get older. I'm, I'm driving along and Karen, I have no idea what I have done wrong. But there's another driver who's extremely upset with me. Have you ever had that happen to you? And they're pulling up behind me and they're flashing their lights and they're pulling up beside me and they're screaming and I, I can't hear them. And they're honking their horns and they're red-faced and their arms are waving and fingers are flying. <laughs> right? You know the best way to deal with that? Just ignore them. Just act like you didn't even see them there. Now, I'm not sure that's totally a Christian thing to do, but it works for me. So it's really a, a, a tough thing. I'm a little bit of a goofball, and some of you that know me may know that. And so my wife, I'm just silly around the house, and, you know, I say stuff, and I just try to get, I'm desperate for attention, so I'm trying to get my wife to acknowledge me, and, you know, I'm just saying silly stuff. And she started doing this thing lately, and it's, it's just terrible. I'll say something that's obviously a silly thing. It's, just provo- it's designed to provoke a response. And you know what she does? She ignores me. Acts like, just acts like I didn't even say anything. And it is so frustrating. You know, it is a, it is a big deal to be ignored. Growing up, we have, uh, we have three boys, my wife, Ray Kay, and I. and So they're all grown now. But I remember one time when they were much younger and they were school age. And one of my son, we were at the dinner table. And our dinner table, I don't know if the rest of you have three boys, but a, a dinner table with three boys is just crazy. You just got to imagine it, right? And this one particular 
night, I noticed that, you know, one of the boys was not participating. Of course, it was a little bit hard because there were so many conversations going on at once. And so I stop everything at the dinner and I go, you know, tell me, tell me what's going on. And he said something that was, it was a very painful moment for Mary Kay and I. He goes, you know, I don't think anybody in this family is really interested in anything I have to say. And that same son later on, he went to school and he, he drew a picture. They asked him to draw a picture of his family. And he drew a picture of Mary Kay and I and two, his two brothers on one side of the room, and he drew a picture of himself on the other side of the room. Now, that's, that was painful. Because Mary Kay and I realized then, and hopefully we, we changed the things we needed to change, and we, I, I wouldn't think that son would feel the same way today. And of course we didn't do that intentionally, right? It wasn't intentional, but it's a terrible thing to be ignored. And to feel like maybe you aren't so important. In Matthew chapter 28, and if you're new to the church here, you're visiting with us today, you should know that Matthew chapter 28 at the very end is one of the most important parts of the Bible. Because where Jesus has come, as Gio talked about, he's, he's died on the cross. He's been raised from the dead. He's finished his three-year ministry on earth. And he's trained these 12 guys to be able to carry on the work after he's gone. And so he says these words to them, beginning in verse 18. Then Jesus came to them, the 12, again, after the resurrection, before he ascends into heaven. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. If you've read this before, Maybe you're reading it for the first. Have you ever noticed that Jesus seems very deliberate when he's talking about baptism? And in this church, we believe baptism is important. We believe baptism is a point in time. We believe baptism is a time where you're born again and you turn your life over to Jesus. And that transformation and that forgiveness begins to happen. But Jesus says, what? Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son. And of the Holy Spirit. Now again, this may be new to you. And maybe it's not. But God has always been three. He's one. But he's also three. God the Father. God the Son. And God the Holy Spirit. Now can we be honest with ourselves for a moment? I wonder if the Holy Spirit doesn't feel like we've ignored him. 
Now that may not be true in your life, but I think it's true in my life. And I recently started a new sermon series on the Holy Spirit because I have come to understand. Finally, after many years, I mean, a lot of you are like, "What? We we just hope he learns sometime." I mean, he's been around so long, right? But I think for many years, I'm, I'm, I'm as a preacher of the word, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm not proud of it, but I've ignored the Holy Spirit. And let me just say, in our fellowship, I don't want to judge other people, and I don't want to make blankets. So I think in our fellowship, in our global fellowship, and I love our fellowship, I don't think we're really strong in the Holy Spirit. I think we may have been a little bit afraid of the Holy Spirit. Right? I, I know, I, I, was, I grew up in the South, I mentioned that earlier, and, uh, you know, I grew up going to church, and a lot of great things about the church that I grew up going to, but, uh, you know, we were really very suspicious of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know, there was these people, first of all, we used to have a King James Version, you ever heard of that? Yeah. And in the King James Version, he was called the Holy Ghost. Now that right there just seemed like, okay, that seems a little odd, right? He's holy, but he's also a ghost. Didn't sound real good, right? And the other thing, where I grew up in the South, there's these people, I don't know if you've ever heard this or heard about this, but there's these people when I grew up, and they were uh, known as holy rollers. You ever heard of holy rollers? I never actually met or saw a holy roller. But the stories were terrible. People came to church and, you know, they were slain in the spirit and they were falling down. And they called them rollers because they were like writhing on the ground. And they were foaming at the mouth and they were making all kinds of strange sounds. And so I was like, I don't know. I, I, I like the Father and I like the Son, but I'm not so sure about the Holy Spirit. So we kind of ignored him. And maybe you have as well. So I started this series of sermons, and I'm reading actually currently seven books on the Holy Spirit. It's never too late to learn, is it? Yeah. Trying to figure it out, trying to learn a little bit. And I, I do think that our church, one good thing I love about our understanding of the Holy Spirit is we do... Most of us have been a part of our church. We understand, Gio even mentioned it today, that when you become a Christian, you're born again, the Spirit of God comes to live inside of you, and that gives you the opportunity to be transformed. That gives you the opportunity to become more like Jesus. It's powerful. He is powerful. He lives in us, and He gives us the power to overcome sin. But here's the thing. Is there more to the Holy Spirit than just that when we get baptized... And we come to Christ and he comes and lives inside us. Is there more than that? Yeah. And I believe there are. Yeah. You know, uh, you may or may not know this. But the, uh, the Holy Spirit, you only have to read the first couple of verses of the Bible and you already see the Holy Spirit. Right? In the creation, Holy Spirit hovered over the waters. In the Old Testament alone, it's a little hard because to, to figure out exactly when the writers uh, were talking about the Holy Spirit, but it seems like at least 75 times in the Old Testament the Holy Spirit is mentioned. 
more than the Father or the Son. Think about it. And then you get to the New Testament. You know how many times the Holy Spirit is specifically mentioned? He's specifically mentioned in the New Testament? Over 250 times. You know what else is a word that we in our church are proud of is in the New Testament over 250 times? It's the word disciple. It's a key word. A disciple is somebody who's not just a believer, but somebody who's a follower, somebody who has given their life to, to live for Jesus. And we proudly, and I think rightly, claim that we don't want to just be believers. We want to be followers. We want to be disciples. And so we've become, even in our church, and yet if you're new here, this may be an education for you. We like to think of ourselves and been called a discipling church, a discipling movement, a discipling fellowship. And that is all good, right? But are we a Holy Spirit church? Are we a Holy Spirit movement? Are we being led by the Spirit? So I've started this series. And one thing I'll let you know, I don't want you to be frustrated with me tonight. I mean, I know you're going to be, but I, I, I just don't want it to be worse than it needs to be. I'm just going to get a little touch, touch on this a little bit. Right? I mean, there's a lot here to learn. And so I'm just going to, do you know the movie Nacho Libre? Yeah. You got to know that movie, right? I told the people in my ministry, I go, if you want to understand my sermons and my sermon illustrations, there's three movies you need to go buy and get and watch. One of them is Waterboy. The other one is Napoleon Dynamite. And then Nacho Libre. But I love Nacho in that movie. He's saying, at one point, he goes, don't you want a little taste of the glory? See what it tastes like. So that's all we're going to do tonight. I'm just going to try to, 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 to whet your appetite to get you to start hungry a little bit. Or maybe there's more. Maybe there's more about the Holy Spirit that he wants to do, that he is doing, than we even recognize. So look over in uh, John chapter 4. John chapter 14, excuse me. So the, uh, the title for the message tonight is Open to the Spirit. And you may or may not know this about me, but all my sermons these days have one point. You know why? Because I cannot remember more than one thing. So maybe this will help you. But be open to the Spirit. So the point is, we need today to be open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. Are you open to the Spirit? Now you may or may not know this, but sometimes the book of Acts is called the, not just the Acts of the Apostles, but what else? The acts of the Holy Spirit. Because what you see, if you read through it, is the Holy Spirit is doing this, and the Holy Spirit's leading there, and the Holy Spirit is, it says, is saying that, and this, and, and all that. And, and, it, and it's really chaotic. That's one of the things that scares us about the Holy Spirit. The movement of God then. Perhaps if we are really paying attention to the Holy Spirit, the movement of God now. It's not a well-planned, orchestrated effort. Now, I'm not saying planning is not important. And I'm not saying organization is not important. And 
But that's not what you see in the New Testament. In fact, most of the stuff that the Holy Spirit was doing with the first followers of Jesus after he went to heaven, they didn't anticipate it. They didn't see it coming. They were surprised by the Spirit. Why did the church grow the way that it did? Because they were, at the end of the day, they were open to the Spirit. See, this is part of our problem now. I've gone to preaching now. We're not even in John 14 yet. <laughs> but I've gone to preaching now because, again, can we be honest with yourselves? And I, I, I'm the same way. I would like the Holy Spirit to follow me where I want to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I would like the Holy Spirit to do what I want him to do. But you know, the Bible has, some, has that completely different. We're supposed to be led by the Spirit. And that means that we have to be open to the Spirit, or perhaps God is wanting to do great things in us, but He's not able to because we haven't been paying attention and we're not willing to get off of our own plans and organizations and organization and, and desires. Because at the end of the day, we're not open to the Spirit. Okay, let's get to John 14, right? Now, Gio, one of the things you need here, I know you uh, just rent this building. You need a clock or something back here in the back. Because how do you keep up? How do you know how long you've been speaking when you speak here? Do you even really care? Oh, you look at the recording? Oh, I see. So I've been talking for 18 minutes. Okay. All right. I guess I don't need a, a clock after all. Just have to pick up your phone. Okay. John chapter 14. If you didn't know it, learn a little bit about the Bible today. John 14, 15, 16, and 17 are very important parts of the New Testament story about Jesus. Why? Because John, who you might know, was Jesus' best friend. And he actually wrote Matthew, Mark, and Luke, were the other three guys that wrote accounts of the life and ministry of Jesus. But John wrote his as much as 20 years later than Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Did you know that? And John, who was a best friend, so John had looked no doubt seen what Matthew, Mark, and Luke had written, and these documents were being copied and passed around to the first disciples and such. And John goes, you know, I have some stories, and I know some things that happened that these other guys have either don't know about or they decided not to include in their story. So what John does, he includes in those chapters, 13, 14, or 14, 15, 16, 17, an extended conversation that Jesus had on the night before he was betrayed and went to the cross. Sometimes we call it the Last Supper. Right. Because it was this meal, this evening that he had, this fellowship with them. before he went. So he has some really important things to say. Now one of the things that you got to realize is that these guys that had been following him, Jesus had been trying to tell them, I'm going away. I'm not going to be here anymore. I'm going to die on the cross. I'm going to raise from the dead. He's been trying to tell them it for a long time. But like a lot of us, they were slow to learn. They weren't listening as well as they should. So it's finally hitting them. He's, he's really going. 
And so you remember, he starts out in chapter 14, and there's this guy, Thomas, and he's like, Jesus, just tell us where you're going, because we'll just go with you right now. And Jesus says, no, you can't go with me now. You can't come later, but right now, you got to stay. And so they're afraid, and they're fearful. And what is so much of a part of John 14, 15, 16, 17 is Jesus trying to help them to understand, i got something better for you than even if I remain physically to walk with you like I've been in the last three years. I'm going to spend, send my spirit, the spirit of God, to be with you. And that's going to be even better than if I was still here physically walking with you. And if you had a choice, this will tell us where we understand about the Holy Spirit. If you had a choice between have Jesus physically walking with you, and he was right there, just like Gio. You could get him on the phone, and you could talk to him, and you could say, what do I need to do here? Where do I need to go? What do I need to say? How do I need to live? So that'd be pretty awesome. Jesus is right there. But the problem is, even with the, the physical Jesus, the human Jesus, he was limited. He could not be everywhere all the time. Right? So the Jesus says, I got something for you that's even better. You don't understand it now, even better. Now we're in John 14. Are you there yet? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Verse 6. We're just a little taste, a little taste of the glory here. It's all over the verse, Steve. It's a little taste. John 16, 14, verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor, capital C, to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And on that day, you will realize I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. He's trying to help them to understand. I'm not going to be here. But you know who's going to be here? The Spirit of God. My Spirit. Do you realize today that God in His three forms, and I know that's confusing, and sometimes we call it, you know, we talk about steam, water, and ice. They're all H2O. The three different forms of the same thing. And that's maybe, that doesn't completely describe it, but it gives you an idea. God, same God, there's a Father in heaven sitting on His throne. Is that right? Beside him, Jesus, who has died on the cross, been raised from the dead, has gone to sit at the right hand of the Father and to plead our case and to be there to represent us and firsthand be able to tell the Father what it's like to live in human form and how temptation and sin, how all that works. Father's there. The Son is there. 
You know who's here? The Holy Spirit. Isn't that what Jesus said in Matthew 28 with the Great Commission? He said, go out, preach the word, make disciples, baptize them, teach them, get them obeyed. And what does he say? I will be with you always. How's he doing that? By the Holy Spirit. So here's the thing we need to understand is it may seem insignificant, but it really makes a difference. The Holy Spirit today, if you are baptized, if you're born again into Jesus and you're, 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 you're saved, He doesn't just live in you. He walks with you. He's all around you. And He's with us. And He wants to show us the way. He wants to help us to know where we should go. It says down in verse 25. John 14. We're still there. All this I've spoken while still with you. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Let's stop there. What does the Holy Spirit still want to teach you today? What does the Holy Spirit still want to remind you today? The, the Holy Spirit, for them and for us, He's a teacher and He's a reminder. And if we'll only listen to Him, if we'll only acknowledge Him, if we'll only embrace Him, if we'll only recognize Him, if we'll only pay attention to Him, there's so many opportunities for us, like the very first followers of Jesus, to be led by the Holy Spirit. Do you see that? Do you know the problem is, here we go being honest again. Some of us are not very good listeners. You know, my mama used to tell me, growing up boy, you need to learn how to listen. There was a, uh, there's a story that's famous in our family. I had a younger brother. And so he must have been barely school age, right? And so I was living in rural East Tennessee and big yard and, you know, big lot. Nobody can afford one of those out here, but anyway, it was uh, like that. And so my mother would come out at dinner time and she would call for me and my brother who would be out playing in the yard somewhere and call for us coming for dinner. And so this one particular night, my mom called and I went in and my little brother stayed out there and he'd come in. And my mom went out and called him again. And you know what? He stayed out there and he didn't come again. And then a, a third time, finally my mother called him and he, he finally came in. So my mother was a little upset. And so she goes, Blake, that's my young brother's name. He said, Blake, why didn't you come when I called you? He said, well, the first two times you called me, I didn't hear you. <laughs>
But that's the way we are sometimes. We, again, our own agendas. You, you want me to be honest with you, right? Yeah. yeah. I think in our fellowship, one of the ways that we're going to figure out more about how to go forward and how to do more and how to keep growing the church and growing even more we have is to start paying a lot more attention to the Holy Spirit than we've been doing. Some of us are frustrated. Some of us are confused. Some of us are questioning. Some of us are bored with our faith. For some of us, especially those of us that are leaders and maybe been in the ministry, we can feel like, you know, I'm doing everything I know how to do. I'm doing it better than I've ever done it before. Yet I'm not seeing the kind of impact that I used to see and that I want to see. We say we want a new day. We say we want to do something new. We say we want to do something great. But if you just keep doing the same thing over and over again, and maybe that's what the God wants us to do, but maybe the Holy Spirit has some new ideas and some new things for us to do that are not like anything that we've ever done before. What do you think? So let's close out. I got other stuff here, but... We just don't have time for that tonight. John 16, verse 12 and 13. And read these uh, chapters, 14, 15, 16, 17. It's really significant. It's not all about the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, but a lot of it is. Just go through and notice how important it is. But the other thing that Jesus says is, John 16, verse 12. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will only speak what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. Now this gets a little bit scary because we're talking about so the Holy Spirit is going to speak to me. <laughs> Let me put it this way. You know, this series that I'm doing is more, it's not really, I'm not really focusing on what the Holy Spirit doesn't do. We've spent enough time in the past trying to do that. I will tell you quite honestly, I have never heard the voice of the Holy Spirit in an audible tone with my physical ears. But you know what? I have heard the Holy Spirit has spoken to me many times in my life. And I think a lot of you can probably relate to that. Probably almost everybody here who would call themselves a Christian and says there have been times in my life where I wasn't maybe an audible voice, but I know the Holy Spirit was working Am I right? This is what we've got to learn. We've got to learn to seek Him, to experience. The thing that I'm trying to help my church to do, and I would like to suggest to you, is 
to start to experience the Holy Spirit in your lives on a daily basis. Yeah. So here's some suggestions that I could give you. Number one is, a lot of us, we understand and we have found that it's very important for us to take some time, usually at the beginning of our day, where we just go and we be with God. Sometimes we call that a quiet time. Just some time to be with God. How about this? Let the Holy Spirit be a part of your quiet time. Pray. When you go to be with God, pray specifically to the Holy Spirit. Have you ever done that? I suggested that to my church, and they go, I have been in this church for over 20 years, and I've never heard anybody tell me that I should pray to the Holy Spirit. You're just praying to God. We pray to the Father. We pray to Jesus. Why don't we pray to the Holy Spirit? So every day, when you get that time with God, you, and, and you just say, Holy Spirit, I want to hear your voice today. Holy Spirit, I want you to lead me today. Holy Spirit, I want you to help me to understand you. Holy Spirit, I want to hear your voice. Holy Spirit, I want to experience what it means to be led by you. And then when we go out and we go into our day, we don't leave the Holy Spirit back behind. We bring him with us. And he's already there. But the problem is sometimes we forgot it. We forgot that he wasn't there. And so as I go through my day, Holy Spirit, I go through my job. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do today? What do you want me to say today? I'm doing errands. I'm out anywhere I'm going. What do I need to say, Holy Spirit? What do I need to do? What do you want me to do? Be conscious of the presence of the Holy Spirit and that He's walking with you. All train yourself to be conscious of that all day long. Every day. And I believe you begin to see a difference. The other thing I would just mention is that uh, this is going to take some, some courage, I suppose, but let's share our stories of the Holy Spirit with each other. Amen. You have stories of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You have times in your life where you believe that God has worked in a very special way, in a very powerful way. And the Holy Spirit has done something. And it wasn't just, I think when he did do something, he did something when you became a Christian, if you're a Christian. Right? Nobody comes a Christian apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. He actually says that in John 16. We didn't read that part. But he says, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict men of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. You know why you can help somebody become a Christian? You know why you became a Christian? It's not because you're so good-hearted or because your ability to study the Bible with anybody else is so awesome. It's because the Holy Spirit did something. Let's give Him credit. Let's stop ignoring Him. Why do we act like we're so... We've done so much. Right? You know, it's like a movie. You know, you, 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 know, you, you watch a movie. I love movies. And right after the movie's over, they roll the credits, right? And, you know, they have the star. You know who the stars of this movie are? 
The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know who all of us are? You know how they roll the credits? The print gets smaller. And it starts spinning faster. We're all those little names that you can't even... It's like, if you wanted to see it, you'd have to to, to rent the video and, and press stop and slow motion. That's who we are. But it's the work of the Holy Spirit. So tell each other our stories of the Holy Spirit. Not just the ones that happened a long time ago. Not just the ones that happened when you were baptized. Not just the ones that happened back in whatever you think are the good old days. But what's happening right now? What is the Holy Spirit doing right now? What is the Holy Spirit, how's He working in your life today? I should probably look and see what time it is. I haven't been talking that long. I'll just share this one story because maybe it's an example. I don't even know. I know you guys are way out here. How many of you got to go to the 30th anniversary service a few weeks ago? So they asked Mary Kay and I to, to share. We were part of the original mission team. And so you were there, and you may know we, we were the first ones to share. And we actually had the longest time. They gave us 15 minutes to share. And we were supposed to share about what it was like to start the church. And, you know, there's like 7,000 people there. And it seemed like a big deal to us. And so they told us months ago that we wanted us, they wanted us to speak on this. And so you know what I started doing? Mary Kay and I, months ago, Holy Spirit, what do you want us to share? Holy Spirit, what do you want us to say? Holy Spirit, what scriptures do you want us to, what illustrations do you want us to give? Holy Spirit, give us the comfort our anxious hearts. Holy Spirit, we need you to do. I was praying that for weeks, and then I walked up to the mic, and I'm walking up to the stage. Maybe you could imagine if you were coming up there speaking for the seven times. And you know what? Mary Kay and I walked off the, the stage, and we were done, and we felt like, you know, I don't know what everybody thought. I don't know what you thought about it. Frankly, I don't really care. Uh, I do, but I don't. Because we felt like we experienced the working of the Holy Spirit. We felt like there was something powerful that occurred there. Many other people seem to recognize that. Not just in what we did in the Holy but it was the Holy Spirit. And we felt like this is a story of the Holy Spirit that just happened to us. This is what He wants to do. This is what He wants to do in our life. He wants to do maybe way more than you currently understand or know. Should we pray and close out? Let's pray. God, we honor You. Father, we praise you being there on your throne and being in control of all the righteous judge of all the universe 
Jesus' Son, we praise you. Thank you for being there at the right hand of the Father. Thank you for pleading our case. Thank you for coming. Thank you for showing us how to live. And Holy Spirit, we praise you. Thank you for being with us, being in us, but also as, as Christians, but also with us. Thank you that we have not, that you have not left us alone. That we have you to walk with us and be with us. All of us. All, every day, everywhere that we go. Help us, Holy Spirit, to know you better, to understand you, to hear your voice, and to experience you in our daily lives today. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.